Welcome to yet another episode of Coffee and Iced Tea VAT Special. In today's episode, we will look at starting point of VAT for companies, VAT for different departments and what aspects to look into while deciding on a software. We will also have our expert answer questions from our listeners. To help us with all this information, we have Arshi Kaura and Vikash Taktani. Both are senior partners from Legend Accounting. Legend Accounting provides financial advice and outsource accounting services. Welcome Arshi and welcome Vikas on our podcast. All right, so you uh, deal with a lot of clients. What is it that keeps coming up again and again um, in terms of concerns, in terms of questions? And the first and foremost question is, uh, am I supposed to register? I provide this service, I provide that service. Um, I'm in free zone, I'm in designated zone. Will VAT apply to me or not? Uh, the 375,000 limit. I've crossed this limit, but do I need to apply because I'm in a designated zone? So that's the, the biggest question that we uh, receive. And the next one is uh, on the invoice format. So, you know, do we have the invoice format from FTA? Uh, how should our invoice look like? And then, uh, obviously, they have the concerns about uh, the goods and services that they are providing. How should they charge? So whether a, a transaction is export of services or an import of service. In case of import of service, how the reverse charge mechanism will... Uh, because people have heard a lot about reverse charge mechanism, but they don't know how it will impact or what value you have to take for reverse charge mechanism. So these are you know, a lot of questions that we keep getting uh, from, from our clients or uh, from the other guys who want to start uh, accounting them. Obviously, uh, in order to make sure that all our clients are up to date with that, we are doing a lot of uh, personal trainings with them. So we've done three or four seminars uh, which are open to everybody. And now we are doing a focus training for each of our clients uh, to make sure that they are ready, uh, their systems are updated, uh, they have been trained to raise the VAT invoices uh, and understand the impact of VAT on their business. By now, most organizations, they should have um, started working on VAT. However, there might be some latecomers um, onto the bandwagon. So people who are just looking at starting out in terms of implementation, what, is, what should be the first point after registration? Hopefully, they have registered. Uh, first point is to see whether their accounting is in place or not. Because the first thing will be after registration, when, when you get your TRN number and tax certificate, it is mentioned that what is your uh, return period. So it's not same for everybody. Like for example, some companies they are saying you have to first file your first return by February. So first January, so only the month of January they are getting. So the immediate thing they should do is after registration is to put their accounting in place so that when they have to file the return, they are ready. Okay. okay. Accounting and other systems in place. Okay. All right. And I guess the next step would be getting the, the TRN number of all the customers and suppliers. suppliers. Yes. Uh, for retail, it would be a little different. But for um, if you are into wholesale or bigger chunks, if you have a steady customers. For everybody, it is very important to get your suppliers details your uh, invoice format should be properly done so that you can put the customers tax numbers the the invoice will not be regular invoice yes. it will be called tax invoice it should have the basic details mm -hmm. so once you have all that information you can kick off now so let's say if it's a sizable company with different departments a company would have finance marketing sales 
um, and so on, to name a few. So where does one start with? So you said registration, then we're looking at accounting, then we are looking at making sure we have all the information for our vendors and customers. What happens next? How do we go from or to on, on to different departments? How do you treat that? See, it's important uh, to split the company into different departments, which will be impacted by VAT. If you look at there will be three or four main departments that will be impacted. The first and foremost will be the finance department. Mm-hmm. The second would be the procurement department because they deal a lot with their suppliers. All the agreements uh, which are done in the bigger organization are done through procurement department. The third would be HR because they deal with all the all the employees as well as there are other benefits that are provided to employees that may attract VAT. Mm-hmm. And the fourth would be the customer services department because they are the ones who are actually dealing with the customers. So it's important for us to first educate each department separately, looking at what is their role uh, or what are the touch points with VAT uh, in each of those departments. Mm-hmm. Giving an example, uh, for if you're in the finance department, obviously you have to raise invoices or you have to make sure that the invoices are being raised correctly. Uh, You have to pass all the journal entries. Uh, If you are doing imports, there would be reverse charge mechanism that has to be done by the finance department. So you need to look at what goods, services are you providing? On those goods and services, what rates will be applicable? Are you doing exports? Are you doing exports within GCC? Are you doing imports? What implication that will have uh, from VAT perspective and how geared you are uh, for that? Have you made the changes to the software uh, to ensure that the VAT is, uh, will be charged at the correct rate? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the output that you're looking for in terms of the VAT return, are you able to pull that uh, out from the system directly or not? Or do you have to spend a lot more time when it is time to file the VAT return? Because there's a uh, there's a way we need to file the VAT return. It's not on the lump sum. Mm-hmm. We need to bifurcate our revenues, for example, by Emirates. Mm-hmm. And then how much is export? How much is charged under the reverse charge mechanism? All of that has to be put separately in the returns. So that's for the finance department, basically. Then you have your procurement department. So procurement department needs to ensure that uh, suppliers have provided their TRN numbers. Because if they have not, they are not liable or they they cannot charge you uh, VAT. Uh, and in that case, it is good to obtain a letter from them as to why they do not have why they don't have the TRN number, okay. so that you can protect yourself when the FTA inspectors comes in from that perspective. Again, when they are issuing any contract, it must mention whose liability it is from VAT perspective, whether it is supplier's liability or it is the customer's liability to pay VAT. The things that you've listed has a great checklist in terms of what what we need to be doing and what is done already. Um, and I think um, also following the process, the way you've listed, it, it's pretty, uh, it should be pretty linear so that there is a lot of, lot of confusion and that we don't miss out. Um, so if somebody else hasn't registered, we are not the one paying the price for it. Uh, moving on, contracts. We tend to get into contracts which are long-term, um, sometimes as, uh, most of the times as business, but also at times as a customer. Gym membership, for example, right, where times you buy um, the, the membership for the year, and then it's, um, there's also installments in, in place, so you're not paying for it altogether, you're paying in installments. And there are a lot, many different contracts, whether it is supplier contract, vendor con- um, uh, customer contracts, and so on. How is that to be treated? In this case, I'll take the example of the gym. For example, I have paid now, and as you say, uh, half of it is coming in installments in 2018. So in this case, the portion which is coming in 2018, even the usage of gym is coming in 2018. So that part, VAT will be charged. 
So the portion which is coming in 2017 will not be charged. Obviously, VAT will not be charged on that. But the 2018 one, VAT will be charged on that. So then it is more on pro rata basis, pro is it? Pro basis, yes, okay. yes. And is this the same across all the various contracts that companies get into? Uh, no, it depends on the kind of contract that uh, you are entering. Now, these contracts that you've just spoken about, the gym membership or you've taken the services, uh, are are pretty unique in terms of these are kind of retail services that you're taking. However, when you get into uh, the company's contract, for example, um, a company has entered into a contract in November to provide certain services uh, and they've taken an advance. And the services are actually provided in January. In that case, on the entire transaction, uh, VAT will be applicable. The reason being, there are three main criteria when you're actually looking at uh, you know when VAT is charged. The first criteria is when VAT invoice is issued. The second is when the payment is received. And third is the service. Mm-hmm. This is the general rule. So whatever is the earlier of these three, VAT is applicable. However, we are talking about the transition. In case of transition, it is the goods or services when they've been delivered is the criteria. So in this case, the goods or services have been delivered in January. So VAT will be applicable in January. Uh, for for uh, this gym membership, I want to clarify that even if it is not on installment, suppose I paid everything in 2017, but my actual usage of services in 2018, even in that case, I'll have to pay VAT. For example, like I just got a, a letter from my gym saying that I, I paid advance in April. So the whatever months are left, they said come and pay VAT if you want to use the gym. So then it doesn't make sense into just getting into contracts before VAT if you're expecting majority of the services or the goods to be provided after. Is that the same with companies as well? You, I mean, you won't stop the business. Sure. Uh, however, what you need to do is you need to make uh, sure that uh, the li- VAT liability is uh, insured in the contract itself. So you're clearly mentioning whose liability it is to pay VAT for the goods and services that will be supplied in 2018. So let's split the contracts into two parts, basically. One is where the goods or services is a one-time supply. If it is a one-time supply and an advance has been paid by the uh, customer to the supplier, the impact of VAT is the supply of goods or services. So in this case, if the goods and services is supplied in 2017, then there is no VAT, even though the payment has been received in 2018 or the invoice is received in 2018. However, if Payment has been received in 2017, invoice has been issued in 2017, but the goods and services have been delivered in 2018, then VAT will be applicable on that. Now let's look at the other contracts, which is not a one-time contract, but an ongoing services or ongoing uh, goods. In that case, what you have to do is you have to split what services you have provided in 2017 and what services will be provided in 2018. So all the goods and services delivered in 2017, there won't be any VAT on that. But VAT will be applicable on the goods and services that will be supplied in 2018. Okay, fair enough. I think that that, uh, clears out a lot of small nuances on that. Okay, now moving on to software. So we've already, in our last episode, we've discussed a few softwares which has uh, VAT built in, which is most softwares, but then there are also some free softwares that people can look into. However, if you could, for the benefit of our listeners, say before you commit to a software, what are the things that one should look into? Uh, Most of the international softwares will have an inbuilt module for VAT or GST. Uh, So whether that is Xero, whether that is Sage, whether that is QuickBooks, whether that is Tally, all of these softwares have an inbuilt module for VAT. You just have to configure that module. And make sure that you have the different rates uh, which are applicable within UAE if you're using in UAE, 5%, 0% exempt. 
that you've configured in order to use that software properly. Plus, you need to also ensure that the invoicing uh, has the tax numbers, the minimum information that is required by FDA. Most of the softwares international will have this uh, functionality because most of the countries in the world have either VAT or GST as uh, one of the tax systems. Now, impact of exempt and zero-rated taxes. So I think there are few services that, does, that are exempt and few um, services and goods which are zero-rated. Um, but they still have an impact. I mean, they still need to be accounted for. So could you just run us through, you know, what is the impact on pricing and how, how would it reflect on your invoice as well as on the accounting system? I'll explain this with a very uh, simple basic example. Suppose you have your taxable expenses of 200 dirhams. So on this, you'll be paying VAT of 10 dirhams. Okay, and your sale is 300 dirhams. And we are talking about zero rated here. So you will not be collecting any VAT. So now the impact on, of this on profit, you can claim this 10 dirhams back from the government. So there is no impact on the profitability. So in this case, you don't need to adjust your pricing. Okay. Whereas if we move on to exempt goods, similar example, 200 dirhams expenses taxable and 10 dirhams VAT you have paid on that. 300 dirhams is the sale, but you're not collecting any VAT on it. But because this is an exempt supply, you cannot claim this 10 dirhams back. So this will affect your profitability by 10 dirhams. So in this case, you need to adjust your pricing. Obviously, if the market allows, customer allows, so basically it depends on your skills. But you need to look into pricing. Um, all right, so now we're moving on to questions. We have uh, some interesting questions coming from listeners. This is from Ibrahim. How will VAT affect stock transfer between branches of a company under different emirates? It will have no impact uh, till the time these stock transfers are between the branches. So if the stock transfer between a branch from one uh, emirate to other emirate, it will not have an impact because the VAT return that is being filed is filed by a company. Um, and these are just a, a inter, inter-branch transfers. Now, if your com- uh, the next, next question is from Sarah. If your company has multiple brands, do you register the main company and pay VAT on the total, or do you have to register each brand individually? So the question is not very clear, but I'll try to answer. Now, if each brand has a separate trade license, which means that every, uh, the company has a separate, uh, it's a separate company, then for each of those companies, you have to file a separate VAT return unless you formed a VAT group. In that case, there will be one return. Oh, very interesting question from Santosh. How to deal with gift, initiatives, stuff, items, etc.? Good question. There is a clarification that has been given in the law. I'll start with the discounts first. So if a discount is given and it is a genuine discount, which means the supplier is actually taking a hit uh, on it, then whatever is the consideration, the final consideration, VAT will be charged on the final consideration. Now let's come to the gifts. For gifts or marketing purposes, you're giving some uh, goods free. In that case, if the value of those goods is not more than 500 dirhams, then it will be, you, you don't have to pay uh, VAT. That's 500 dirhams per month and 2000 dirhams for the whole year. But if it is more than that, then you, it, that would be considered as deemed supply and VAT has to be paid as if those goods have been sold. This question comes from Ahmed. For bank services, will VAT collect, be collected by bank immediately and then reconciled monthly? 
the way I interpret this question is bank will charge VAT on certain services that they provide. Now, this will get deducted from my bank account immediately as and when the service is provided or will they do it, you know, uh, at the time of settlement um, if it's, for example, a credit card payment or something? No, it will be when they're charging. So uh, going by the example, if it is a credit card uh, and a credit card fees has been charged on that, then at the time the fees has been charged, that additional um, 5% on the fees will also be charged by the bank. Okay. In addition to the question what, uh, what Ahmed has asked, so what are the things that the banks will charge uh, 5% on? So um, everything is not charged. Uh, some things are. So can you please clarify what is charged and what not in terms of, of a bank service? So in case of financial services, which is banks, uh, the, the things that are margin-based will not attract any uh, value. The fees, for example, the credit card, which is fee-based uh, with things, that will attract 5% VAT. So basically so, like an over overcharge, overdraft charge, that will attract 5%. Absolutely. So uh, credit card fees will attract 5%. You're making any transfers and the bank is charging you for uh, 10 dirham, 25 dirham, the, the transaction fees, that will attract 5%. So anything that is fee-based will attract 5% uh, VAT. Anything that is margin-based, that will not attract. What about interest uh, that the bank pays or the profit rate, uh, profit so, sharing if there is for the bank? Will that attract uh, 5% VAT as well? No, that will not because that is basically margin-based. Okay, Christine has asked the next question. Is there VAT on money transfer? Uh, there is no VAT on money transfer per se, but there will be a fees that you pay uh, to the exchange house or to the bank to do that money transfer. That fee will attract 5% VAT. Well, the next question is from Nitin. Could you help with the updates on VAT implementation for e-commerce companies? Uh, for e-commerce companies, there is no special um, regulations in terms of how that will be operated. It depends on whether you're providing goods and services and if, you, if you're providing goods under which sector you're coming and if you're providing service, which sector you're coming. You have to actually uh, look at the law from the perspective of the industry that you're working in. So you, you need to thoroughly understand uh, you know, what goods or services you're providing under that industry and how it will be applicable. Next question is a very interesting question from John. Um, this question is on double taxation wherein, um, you know, for example, the UAE has a double taxation treaty with India. On the face value, uh, the citizens of both countries or uh, the residents of both countries shouldn't be paying double tax on goods and services. So, for example, the goods that you're sending from UAE to India, that attracts 0% VAT because that is considered export. So all exports out of UAE will be at 0%. So you're not actually paying any uh, VAT. Again, when you're importing goods in India, Indian rules will apply. But again, you've not paid anything while exporting goods from here. But then this is uh, for, for all the countries. Absolutely. No. This is for all the countries. So when you're sending goods out of uh, UAE, that would be considered export. So then the double taxation treaty doesn't really apply on, on this bit, on VAT? No. Okay, but how about GCC then? So how would it, it affect uh, with the uh, import and export with GCC countries then? See, under the, under the law, there were three basic things. One is when you're providing goods and services within UAE, when you're providing goods and services within GCC, and when you're actually exporting outside the GCC. For GCC, there were only two implementing states at the moment. One is UAE and the other one is the Saudi. The latest that we have from the Director General of FTA, uh, which is a verbal order, uh, he clearly mentioned that the Saudi is currently not geared 
to do that mechanism at the moment. So for the time being, any goods or services that we are supplying to Saudi will also be considered as export of services and will attract 0% VAT. All right. Uh, last question is from my father. If you own a business with uh, a lot of goods that you keep in inventory um, and for any reason you are not regular with your stock taking or you don't do your stock taking at all, um, how would that have an impact on, on, on VAT um, in terms of filing? Let's first understand, you know, what happens. The business has not done any inventory take. So you're not really sure whether the inventory which is there actually exists or not. Let's assume that you've not done the inventory take as on 31st December and you're carrying forward a million dirham of inventory. You are unable to sell the inventory because inventory is not there. Let's say 20% of the inventory is not there. But the VAT man will assume that you've consumed that and you have to pay VAT on that inventory. All right. Thank you very much, um, Arshi and Vikas. You've been very helpful. I think you've provided a lot of information for our listeners. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, being on your podcast and uh, look forward to doing more with thank you guys. You. It's been a pleasure working with you guys and looking for doing more podcasts. Thank you.